0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. Uh, this is a second part of the power of seeds. Amen. And, uh, you know, we talked about last week the power of seeds. We know God's word is a seed and it's most it's powerful. But, you know, everything, you know, your seeds can be your thoughts Seeds can be your words, and seeds can be your actions. So there's more to seeds. You know, we're, we're always sowing. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a sower. And so we're always sowing. Uh, and so today I want to talk to you about divine design and, and how God created us to, to, to walk with Him. You know, the earth has a divine design. You know, God set the earth up in a certain way where you know, we have seasons and, you know, he set up the earth so, so that it will, it will receive seed for growth. And God set up each one of us in a certain way as well. And that's to receive his word so we can grow. Let's look at Mark 4, verse 26 through 28. We're, we're recapping a little bit on last week's message, but that's okay. Um, uh, ...faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in Mark 4, this is Jesus speaking. He said, the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he should sleep by night and rise by day... ...and the seed should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head... ...and after that the full grain in the head. So he's saying what he's saying here is that there is a process... When you're under the word of God, there's going to be a process of growth. And, and we're not, you know, we don't have it all right now. We're in a process of growing. And so we have to understand that even Jesus grew in favor and wisdom with God. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to grow in favor and wisdom of God. You know, the natural birth, uh, you know, a seed has to be planted. Your parents got together. And and there was a seed that was planted. It took nine months. And then your mother labored to have you here. Amen. And so that's a natural birth. And so but there is a spiritual birth, too. And that's through the word of God and the word of God. uh, You know, it's the incorruptible seed of the word of God that brought us into the kingdom of God. And I'm going to say this, um, you know, even though maybe some of you, maybe your parents didn't plan you. I was a planned baby. But maybe your parents didn't plan you. But I'm going to say this. God planned you. Amen. So it doesn't matter if your parents, if, if for some reason you were uh, an oops, any, any oops in here. There's no oops in the kingdom of God. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, of course, you know, uh, God planned you. And Jeremiah 1.5 says it this way. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And, you know, Jeremiah's divine design was to be a prophet. And so God called him. And it's interesting. God called him before he was even born. Isn't that amazing? And so I'm going to say this, that each one of you have a divine design. God has called each one of you uh, in the kingdom of God to do something. Amen. Amen. And what we have to do is we have to discover what God has called us to do. And I'm going to say this, the closer you get to God, the more God will reveal to you his plans and his purposes for your life. Do you believe that? Amen. I like what it says in Ephesians 1, 4 and 6. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundational world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love... Having predestined us to an adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us acceptable in the beloved. I love this because it says he chose us before the foundation of the world. You know, he you know, he sent his son Jesus and he knew that you would be here today. He knew that you would be in the kingdom of God. And don't get this, don't get this, mis, don't misunderstand this because some people take that predestination thing kind of out there to the, to the nth degree. And some will say, well, we're, we're, some are predestined for heaven and some are predestined for hell. No, I believe everybody's predestined to heaven. Amen. And I believe that because in John 1, 10 through 13 kind of explains that this is Jesus speaking. He, uh, well, this is actually the gospel of John. And it says here, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, talking about Jesus, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this is saying here that those who received him, how many people received Jesus? I would say that 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 is saying that that God has given us a free will to choose and you have a free will to choose life or death, blessing or cursing. You choose. Amen. And I like that because it's not all God. Sometimes you hear that, you know, if it's all God's behind everything, the good, the bad and the ugly. But no, no, no. God is behind the good, the bad and the ugly, the devil's behind. And sometimes we're behind that as well. And So so we got to understand this, that, that we have a will. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a will. Now, Second Peter 3, 9 says it this way. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. I think that, that settles the fact that God gives us a free will. You know, some people will say... You know, if, it, why, if God's so good, why is this earth so bad? Why is so many bad things happening in this earth? Well, because he's given us free will. And we can choose to do right or wrong. And hopefully we're choosing to do more right than wrong. Amen? We looked at last week, we looked at a scripture uh, in Luke 17, verse 6. And uh, this is a great scripture. It says, the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed... You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. So 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 Jesus is talking about seed here and he's saying and he's saying a mustard seed. I I believe he's what he's saying is it, it doesn't take a lot of faith. It just takes a little bit of faith to move mountains. It doesn't take a lot of faith. It could just take a little bit of faith, but that faith uh, that you have, you have to do something with it. Amen. You're going to have to do something with your faith. Amen. So, so, so you have to, you have to, you know, speak to your mountains. Amen. And so faith comes into our heart and we speak to our mountains and we command our mountains to be removed. Amen. And so or or the other thing will happen. Our mountains are speaking to us and we can't allow our mountains to be louder than 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 the word of God that we're meditating on. Sometimes the, our mountains, because, you know, we're in a sight seeing, feeling, you know, atmosphere. Sometimes the enemy will try to get us focused more on the mountains in our life than on the word of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the bills are screaming a little louder than the the, than the word of God says, I can supply all your need according to my riches and glory. So we don't want them, you know, screaming so loud. We want we sometimes you might need to scream back. Okay, I'm 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 preaching today. I'm preaching today. Sometimes you might need to get a little excited about God. You know, God's excited about you. You know how much God loves you? He loves you so much. He gave his son Jesus and he loves you and he, he desires to lavish his love upon you every day. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. If you're saved, notify your face. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Sometimes we just don't smile enough. man. We're, no, you're in the kingdom of God. And, and there's no, you know, depressed people in the kingdom Of God, No, you guys aren't depressed. No, you guys are joyful in the kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Or maybe an oh my, if you're on the other side of the mountain. Amen. And so quit looking at your mountains. Quit focusing on your mountains. Because those mountains, it just takes a mustard seed, which is a small seed of faith, to speak to your mountains. And you just got to keep speaking to your mountains. Until they're leveled. Amen. Amen. And so let me say this. Our faith is seed that must be sowed to produce a harvest. I'm going to say that again. Our faith is seed that must be sowed to produce a harvest. If we're not seeing the harvest of good in our lives, we're we're not sowing enough good seed. If we're seeing a little curse in our life, then we're not speaking enough to the mountain. Sowing God's word, number two, sowing God's word seed in our hearts, in time it will transform us. I'm going to say this to you today, that you are in a process of transformation. You're not where God wants you to be exactly right now, but you're being transformed into what God has called you to be. You're becoming more like Jesus. I'm telling you, you... Man, you guys, you guys are becoming more like Jesus. And you might say, well, you didn't see me act up last week, Pastor. You didn't see me. I lost my cool. I lost my temper last week. Well, that's okay. You're still becoming more like Jesus. I'm telling you, we just need to keep sowing, allowing the word of God to be sown into our hearts and allow that word, you know, it will grow. The word of God will grow in your hearts as long. You see, I'm I'm casting seed out today. Glory to God. And you guys are walking in joy, peace, love. You're walking in the provisions of God. Glory to God. You believe that today? And then we sow to our mountains and then our problems will be changed. We speak to the mountains and they have to be leveled in Jesus name. Glory to God. So let's look at this. Let's look at divine design right now. And uh, I'm going to say this, that your heart, just like the earth, was desi- is designed to receive seed so there could be growth and vegetation. Let's look, at, look, let's look at Genesis 1 and let's look, at, let's look at the book of beginnings. Genesis actually means the book of beginnings. And it says, let's, uh, 1 verse 26 through 29, and let's discover uh, man's design here. It says here that in verse 26, I'm going to read down towards the 29. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over all the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. Of course, I always kindly say you have authority over creeps. Amen. And you have authority over all that. I don't have authority over those squirrels yet. They're still wrecking my stuff. But, amen, if you remember that one sermon. But, uh, but we have authority. And it says, so God created man in his own image. And the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Listen, you were never made, you weren't made to be in an image of a monkey. Okay? No, you're, you, you didn't come from monkeys. Darwinism, you know, or, or uh, evolution. And no, you, you didn't, we didn't evolve from monkeys. No, no, no. We're made in the image of God. The, 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 you know, the people of the world always wants to dumb down who we are. No, you're special. You're one of a kind. You're made in the image of God. Glory to God. God has broken the mold when he made you. Glory to God. And so so you're not made in an image of a monkey. You did not evolve from a monkey. No, God created Adam and Eve. He created them mature, gave them seed to populate this earth. Glory to God. And we're a part of that seed. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. So we're created in God's image. And then it says, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the birds of the air and every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it it shall be food for you. So, So that's how God designed the earth. You know, God designed it in a way that if Adam and Eve didn't mess up, They would have took the Garden of Eden and they would expand it. The Garden of Eden all across this planet. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? They would have took seed. They would have took the the Garden of Eden and they would. That was that was Adam and Eve's divine assignment was to take the Garden of Eden and expand it into this world. And you know you know our assignment is pretty similar because I'm going to say this. We're called to bring the light of God's glory and we're called to expand it in whatever area we're at. You believe that today? Amen. Wherever your, your workplace, you know, every place that you put your foot on, you're called to expand the kingdom of God. Either say, oh me, or oh my, it's true anyway. And I, I believe that we're expanding. Look, listen. This place would be filled up in no time if if you guys just bring just bring just one next week. Bring one. Okay, it's quiet. (laughs) You got the power to invite people. You have the power to get them to come to church and so they can receive the word of God and change. So there's five things that God created us to walk in in our divine design. You ready? You ready for this? Number one, God called us to be blessed. Notice it says here in Genesis that God blessed mankind. He put a blessing on mankind. We're not, we're, we're not called to be cursed. We're called to be blessed. And if you're not blessed today, you're frustrated. I'm going to say it again. If you're not walking in the blessing today, you're frustrated. God wants you walking in his blessings. Amen. And of course, we know all spiritual blessings have been given to us, but you got, we have to cooperate with God and believe that those blessings are for us. For instance, you know, uh, you're one of the blessings that we have in Christ is that we're saved, that we have eternal life. Glory to God that you are not in darkness today, that you're in the best, one of the best churches in Virginia beach. Amen. I might be a little biased there, but are you here What I say saying, you're here to get some truth? Amen. And, and so we need, you know, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he sent them out and they were going out, knocking on doors. They were casting devils out. They were healing the sick. They were doing some marvelous things and they were excited that the demons were subject to them. But Jesus said, don't get so excited about that. That's cool. And that's good. You know, but 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 be more excited that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. So we need to get excited about that. If, if nothing's going for you, at least you're saved. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If nothing's happening for you right now, you're out of the kingdom of darkness. Because, listen, the, 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 the people that are in the kingdom of darkness, they might be prospering or they might have money and they might have stuff. But if they don't get Jesus in their life, they're going off a cliff. And this life is short. This life is just a vapor. We're we're here today and gone tomorrow. Make sure you're living your life for Christ. Make sure that God is in your life. Make sure that he's in it every day. Hallelujah. And so number two, you know, the blessing. And some people may, may, may not believe this, but I hope I'm in the right group. Uh, the blessing is is prosperity. God wants you to be prosperous he doesn 't want you to be broke he doesn 't want you to be busted and disgusted. No, he wants you prosperous. He wants you to be a prosperous person. Amen why not so that you can heap it up on yourselves and you know Jesus gave a uh, a, a um, parable about a man having stuff, and then he said, "I'm going to build bigger barns and, and store my stuff in those things." And then Jesus said, "That man doesn't know when his day is going to be up, and all that stuff's going to go to somewhere somebody else." But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being prosperous as in having more than enough to meet your needs and meet the needs of somebody else. Amen. Can I get a name in there? In other words, having more than enough. Amen. To where, you know, if you're barely making it, how are you going to be a blessing to somebody else? You you know, God didn't call us to barely make it, to live on barely make it street. No, he called us to live on Abundance Alley or Abundance Avenue. That sounds better. Alley sounds bad. Abundance Avenue. Glory to God. So really, he's called us to be prosperous. The Bible actually says that Jesus became poor, that through his poverty, we might become rich. Now, let me just say this. Jesus never lacked anything. A lot of, you know, religion will tell you, well, Jesus was poor when he was down here. He wasn't poor when he was down here. You know, but he became poor on the cross. He was stripped of everything he had on the cross. But he wasn't dirt poor. No, no. He, he was able to multiply the fish and the loaves. He was able to provide wine at a wedding. You know, he was able to do all these miracles of provision. He was able to pay his taxes by telling, uh, you know, Peter to go to the lake and go fish and get the coin out of. Out of the, think about that. Je- Jesus walked in perfect authority. And so, you know, the taxes was paid for Peter and for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus wasn't poor. He took care of 12 men for three years. They left their businesses. But he did become poor when he went to the cross. He did get stripped of everything when he went to the cross. And in a sense, he became poor when he left heaven. So you could say that, you know, instead of walking on gold, streets of gold, he did, he did walk on dirt streets down here, amen? Or possibly cobblestone streets, amen? And so, so we see that. And then, number three, to walk in the blessing, you need to be walking in divine health. Walking free of sickness and disease. You know, Jesus made a provision you know, you know, nothing was wasted in the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus was whipped uh, 39 times with a cat of nine tails. And, and he was whipped. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, by Jesus's stripes, you are healed. So Jesus paid the price, not just for us to get to heaven, bust it. Broke and sick. No, that's, he, no he didn't pay the price for us to be busted, broke and sick and, and hoping, you know, and get to heaven, just barely making it. Amen. No, no, no. Jesus paid the price so that we could have more than enough, so we can be a blessing and so we can walk in health and that we can walk in provision. Amen. You believe that today? Because the Bible says that we are redeemed from what? The curse of the law. And the curse of the law is threefold. It's spiritual um, death. We're, 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 spiritual death is separation from God. We have spiritual life. Amen. Which is peace and joy. Amen. in the Holy Ghost. And then, you know, we're, we're then, of course, we're uh, redeemed from the curse of the law, which is poverty and sickness. I like this scripture in 3rd John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in some things, no, in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Uh, you know, beloved, I wish above all things that you may. There's another, another translation, I wish above all things, above all things, above all things, above all things that you may prosper and be in health. So that takes care of prosperity, financial prosperity, and it takes care of your body. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're not seeing the blessings of God in your life, you might might want to check up on what you've been sowing. Glory to God. You might want to check up on on the seed that you were you've been sowing. Amen. And so we need to check it, check up on that because, you know, we want to make sure that we're walking in the love of Christ. Amen. We want to make sure we're not walking in strife, division or anything like that. And so if you're walking in any kind of strife or division, it can hinder the blessings of God to be in our life. The enemy will always try to get an offense in our life. He will always try to get us upset in the body of Christ. We, we don't want to do that. Amen. We don't want to be upset and we don't want to hold on to or harbor ill will or bitterness. Amen. Amen. Number two uh, blessing. We are to walk in is we are to be uh, walk in the blessing of being fruitful. We are called to bear fruit in our lives. In other words, we are called to become more like Jesus every day. And we're called to increase in the attributes of Jesus. Amen. In other words, you know, you know, the Bible says when we're when we see Jesus will be just like him. So, so we're really, we're called to be fruitful. We're called to bear fruit. We're, we're, you're actually called to grow in Christ. God doesn't want us just uh, existing in Christ. He doesn't want us uh, just being uh, stagnated in Christ. No, he, he, he wants us to be river Christians. He doesn't want us to be pond Christians or, or uh, you know, Christians that, that, that stagnate. I guess a pond would be, be more like a puddle. He doesn't want us to be a puddle Christian. No, he wants us to be river Christians, allowing the the love and the peace of God to flow through each one of us. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so and so we see this, that God wants us to be fruitful and you can be fruitful. How how, you may ask, how can I be fruitful? Abide in the vine. Bible says that Jesus called us to bear fruit. And that our fruit shall remain, John 15. And he says the only way we're going to bear fruit is not that you're struggling to bear fruit. No, that you abide in him. And the more you abide in him, the nicer you're going to become. Yes, amen. The more giving you're going to become. Oh, you hear what I say? The more you abide in him, you don't have to force fruit to come out of you. Amen. No, no. I'm telling you, the longer you're in Christ the more of a fruit-bearing Christian you should become. And what we have to do is we have to continue to abide in him. So, so there's, you know, there's a, that's a scary thought. Because if you can abide in him, you can abide out of him. Oh, it's quiet in this church today. If you can abide in Christ, you can abide out of Christ. How do you do that, pastor? Walking in the flesh. Sowing to the flesh. Sowing to death. Amen. You've got, you got, you got to speak to that carnal nature. And you got to command that carnal nature to get back in Jesus' name. You know, because we all have, you know, a Dr. Jekyll and a Mr. Hyde working. in know, that Mr. Hyde is the flesh side of us that, that wants to kind of try to act like our old self. But we, we have, the, you know, Dr. Jekyll is the good side. That what? That, that you want to you, you act like Jesus. Amen? And so we need a side on the good side and not the bad side. In other words, you're going to have to tell your flesh to, to get down in Jesus' name. You're going to have to crucify that flesh. Amen? And the third key to walking in the blessing uh, is that we're called to multiply. Amen? We're, we're called to multiply. God wants us to multiply and And, you know, uh, it's more than just increasing financially and it's more than just us having more children. Some people take that literally that we should have, you know, as many children as possible. And I'm not I'm not against that. If you have kids, and you like kids, that's great. But I believe in a spiritual sense that God's calling us to multiply as in he's calling us to be soul winners. He's calling us to multiply the kingdom of God. He's calling us to make a difference in this world, so we're, we're, you're, you're not, it's not just about you, your wife, and your family, us four, and no more. We're saved, and we're in the ark of safety, which is great. But God wants us expanding our faith to reach others for him. Glory to God. Amen. We've got, we got some excited people in this church. Somebody control that boy. Amen. Oh, that's my boy. Now, he can do whatever he wants. Amen. i am tell you, he's, he's getting excited. Amen. And I'm going to say that the Christian is healed, whole, sound, delivered and set free. Amen. We keep speaking the promises of God over Christian. You know, whatever it looks like, it may look bad, but keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word over your, your family may not look too good. Maybe your relatives are looking bad, but keep speaking the word. I'm telling you, the more my boy acts up, the more of the word I speak over him. Amen. So we got to keep speaking the word. I'm telling you, this has been a, a revolutionary messages that I've been preaching because it's been helping me to speak the word over Christian others that need the word of God. Amen. Speak the word over your business. Speak the word over your workplace. Speak the word over. Every- Bless your workplace, Amen. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Yes. Number four, we are called to. Well, we we are called to multiply again. And number four, we are called to subdue. We are called to subdue our environment. How do we do this? You know, you know. I was thinking, how do we subdue as Christians? And I would have to. I would have to say. One of the ways we can subdue our environment is through prayer. Okay. I'm you, I don't know why. You know, prayer is so key. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for prayers for my mom. You know, she, she, you know she, I don't ever remember her witnessing to me, telling me that I'm going to go to hell if I keep going in the direction that I'm going. I, my mom never said anything like that to me. But she prayed. She prayed for my, my brothers and we were all unsaved. And, you know, prayer will break the power of Satan off of people's lives. Prayer is powerful. You know, I'm telling you, we, you, you, can't do, you can't do too much without putting prayer before you. Before you go witnessing, pray. Before you do anything, pray. Because what? Why? Because we have the devil out here. He's trying to hinder everything. He's trying to throw a monkey wrench into our lives. He's trying to hinder us. That's all he can do is try to hinder us from doing the works of God. Has anybody ever heard of William Finney? He was one of the great revivalists. And, uh, And he would go into towns and he would convert entire towns to Christ. And he would do these evangelistic meetings. And I'm telling you, people would be running to the altars. But you know what? I'm going to have to say this, that that he had a secret to 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 his power. And that was a man named Father Nash. And Father Nash was a man that would go into these cities that before he would go and they would and he would go to the cities, he would get some people in the city and he would go into a motel room and he would pray for the city before William Finney would come in and he would pray for revival. And they would be in the hotel room, and, and, uh, and then Finney would come in. He said, You know, I have, you know, an associate of mine. They said, Yeah, they sound sick. You know, they're groaning in there, doing some weird stuff in that room. What they were doing was they were travailing for people to come in to the body of Christ. They were praying out souls into the kingdom of God. And then, when, see William Finney. He had it. He, he was set up to. As he came in, it was easy. Why? Because the spiritual atmosphere was right in those cities. And then William Finney could preach, and people would get saved left and right. Think about that. And so, there's power in prayer. I've heard about 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 pastors, this one pastor would take a prayer team and go into the worst area you know, during the day, of course, but go into the worst. <laughs> you might want to wear a bulletproof vest, you know, at night, but there are some bad areas in cities. Amen. Do you would you, would you agree? And so and so, you know, they would go, I, I believe it was during the day. It may have been at night. They may have been tough, tough people of the streets, but they would go and they would and they would pray uh, in the bad areas where there was crime and, you know, they started looking and the crimes and, and crime started getting less and less. That's powerful. Now, they started documenting the crime. And as they prayed, they, they called it prayer walking. Amen. Amen. And as they prayed to, to, and prayed and, and, and took authority. And, and then, of course, they may have went and witnessed, too, because you can't just pray. You're going to have to witness. You've got to have a preacher. Amen. Angels don't preach the word of God. Men preach the word of God. That's for us. And so as they as they as they prayed, uh, you know, uh, the enemy, you can bind the enemy up. Jesus said that you have to bind the strong man but yes, yes. before you can plunder his house. So, so you're going to have to take authority over if there's some things coming against you, you're going to have to take some authority over it. You're going to have to pray in Jesus' name. That name is above every name. That name is the most powerful name on planet Earth. The name of Jesus. And that's the reason why people are, you know, people that don't know Jesus or people that are coming against Jesus, coming against God. They don't mind you praying and having the universal God. They don't mind that. But you start mentioning the name of Jesus, people freak out. I'm talking about people that don't know God. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, when you start using that name of Jesus, I'm telling you, God will do great and mighty things. I heard about this man that was bedfast and he was really sick and, and, he, and uh, uh, the Lord moved on. It was uh, on this man to pray for him. And that was, um, uh, who was that man? But anyway, he was a famous evangelist in the 40s. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth and Smith Wigglesworth got some people together and and this man was a Christian and he and he used to minister and he was Christian and they held hands. And all they said was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they held hands. And you know what? The man came off the bed of affliction. Just just speaking the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, if you don't know what to do, call out Jesus. If you don't know what to say, speak the name of Jesus. If you're about ready to get in a car accident, call out Jesus. Are you hear what I'm saying today? I've been saved many a times. I could have been messed up in a lot of accidents, but I would call on Jesus. And he'll turn you around. I remember I was late to church one day. And it was, it, it was uh, you know, it was a, I was running late. And I was in a small car, a Miata, you know, a convertible, two seated convertible. And you don't want to get in a, in a car accident with that type of car. You, you, you want to, are you here when I say, today? And I was driving, and I may have been driving a little fast. But even if I'm driving a little fast, my angels are still with me. Glory to God. <laughs> god 's angels are still with you, even if you drive a little fast, and I was driving and I, for, I guess it was it was lightly raining and, um, and so but it wasn 't raining hard. But, but my car hydroplaned. has anybody ever driv, driven a car and your car hydroplaned? You know what that means? Hydroplane? It means your car becomes like a plane. In <laughs> other words, your car gets off the ground. you know what i 'm talking dukes of Hazard. I might be dating myself, but I'm talking about evil Knievel jumping off. You know, I'm, I'm talking about flying through the air. My car, you know, just it, 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 it hydroplane it, it hydroplane. And, and all of a sudden, uh, it, it, I was on the highway. I was on 64 and it, it started spinning in the middle of the highway. And as I like, I said, Jesus! Like that. And I'll tell you, my car went over to the very left side and it was this close to hitting that barrier, you know, in between. And it was like that close. And, and, and the rest of the tra- it was out of the way, the rest of the traffic. And I did a, I did a it was a, th- it was, is that it 360 or 380. Three, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And, and I, I was back in there, and then some of the traffic went by me. And then there was no traffic. I was able to get back. <laughs> Not a scratch i had a scratch on, on my Mazda Miata. I was in the convertible, man. I could have been crushed. But when you call on Jesus, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I remember one lady, she was, some guy broke into her apartment and uh, she and it was, you know, this guy was trying to rape her. And uh, she, she just said, you can't touch this body. It belongs to Jesus. And she just kept saying that and that guy just kept backing up. Backing up until he backed right out of her apartment. Why? Because the power of the name of Jesus. Don't discount the name of Jesus. Don't discount what he can do in prayer. When you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, powerful things happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then we're called to take dominion. We're called to take dominion. We're, listen, you were meant to win in this life. They're, listen, they're, in the kingdom of God, there are no losers. Amen. You're, you know, I like to win. You should like to win. When I play a game, I play to win. When I'm playing corner, cornhole, I don't play around and let my opponent win. No, I would do everything I can short of cheating to win that game. You should all have a desire to win. You, if, if I'm playing, I play uh, with my daughter, and if I'm playing, I play this game called Stratego, I'm going to do everything I can to beat my daughter that's six or seven years old. I'm not going to let her win. I'm, I'm going to teach her some things, but I'm not going to let, why? Because, you know, she, she's not going to learn anything if I throw the game. In other words, I'm trying to toughen her up for life. Because you're going to get things thrown at you and you're going to have to learn to bounce back even when it seems like you're losing. And sometimes in this life, it seems like we're losing. It appears that we're losing. But it may look like that on the outside. But there's something happening in the spirit realm. When Elijah, when he prayed for rain and he told his servant to go... See if there's any clouds. And his servants went and came back. There's no clouds. It looked like Elijah was losing. Amen. And then Elijah said, Go out a second time. And so he went out a second time. And the guy came back and said, I don't see anything. The, the sky is clear. Modern day vernacular, of course. And Elijah says, Go out again. See, Elijah wasn't going to lose on this deal. He was praying for rain. It hadn't rained for three years. You know, it was a drought. Listen, if if you're in a drought today, you need to start praying for the rain of the Holy Spirit to start pouring out on you and your family. You need to pray for a refreshing. And I'm telling you, God will refresh you. And then Elijah said, go out a third time. He, I, I believe Elijah doesn't, he, didn't, he wasn't a man that wanted to lose. And he, he went out a fourth time. And then the guy came back, nothing. And he went the fifth time, nothing. And finally Elijah says, I quit. No, he didn't say that. Oh, this is too much. You went out, five, maybe God doesn't want it to rain. Maybe God doesn't want me to be a prosperous person. Maybe God doesn't want me to be healed. Maybe, no, God wants you walking in health. Wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, and eternal life. Amen. And so, so no, just because you're dealing with some sickness today, that that doesn't discount the fact that God wants you walking in health. Just because you may be walking in a little poverty today, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be prosperous in Jesus' name. No, you just got to keep speaking and believing and sowing until you see the kingdom of God. Manifest in your life. And so what happened to Elijah the seventh time there was a small cloud and the man said, there's a small cloud the size of the man's hand. And that was enough for Elijah. See, just one little blessing. You just need one little blessing that will start popping like popcorn. This blessing, this blessing. Pretty soon you're going to have blessings coming around you all over the place. But you may again be in a drought, but you just keep thanking God that that drought is ending and the Holy Spirit is moving in your lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Sometimes you need to pray and ask God just to refill you with the Spirit of God. So we take dominion. How do you take dominion? Well, you, you, in, in Luke ten nineteen, there's some scriptures here that, that tells you that we have dominion over the devil. It says, Behold, I give you authority. This is Jesus speaking. To trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority. Yes. You have authority over sickness. Because sickness, all sickness, I believe, is, be, is Satan's behind sickness. Amen. Amen. I believe he's behind it one way or the other. Yes. Amen. So so you have authority over demonic spirits that will try to attack. You have authority over depression. Amen. You have authority over, over over oppression. You have authority over that. In Ephesians 4:27 it says, "Give no place to the devil." In other words, we have a power to give no place to the enemy. This was really talking about anger. Allowing anger to control you and being angry, you don't have to allow anger to control you. Give no place to the devil. Amen. The Bible doesn't say it's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin for anger to stay with you, amen. In other words, you know, don't go to bed angry, Gloria. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These are a couple of scriptures saying that we have authority over the enemy from working against us. First Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about. Notice it's, it's talking devil in here. Some churches won't ever mention that name, but it's in Scripture. <laughs> the, the, our founding fathers is mentioning the devil. And it says here, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your spouse isn't your adversary this morning. Your boss isn't your adversary this morning. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm not, I'm not your problem this morning. I'm not your problem. You might, you might have a problem with Pastor Dave. I'm not your problem. Amen. The devil's your problem. Are you, sometimes we, when we're not doing good, we want to start looking for somebody to blame. Right. Don't we do that? It's got to be the pastor's fault. I'm not prospering. The pastor's not preaching hard enough. <laughs> the pastor doesn't have enough word. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No, man, I'm preaching my good. No, I won't say that. I'm preaching my heart out. Amen. I was going to say guts, but I'm preaching my heart out. Amen. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood that is in the world. Amen. So we see this that we have to be sober, be vigilant because we have an adversary. He's a devil. He walks around. He's not a roaring lion. His teeth has been pulled. Amen. He has been defeated 2000 years ago. So we just need to keep standing and standing in who we are in Christ. We need to stand that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Romans 6:14 says For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Listen, I'm going to say this. You might have some bad habits. You may have some things that you seem like you can't shake. But I'm going to say this. Those things are going to have to go by the wayside when you keep standing against those things. I told you one time I used to be addicted to lottery tickets. Pastor. I used to, I, I I had to go in there and get a lottery ticket and, and scratch, you know, and, and, oh man, oh man, oh man, getting excited about the lotto. Maybe, I, maybe this is my, and I was a Christian at that time. It was only three weeks ago. No, I'm kidding, but I'm just getting over it, glory to God. No, and I was a Christian, you heard my story before, I would just get in that zone, you know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, it's kind of like gambling. Those gamblers, they get in that zone, man. Oh, yeah, more, 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 more. And they lose, 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 lose. Yes, amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Because you never can satisfy lust. Amen. You can't satisfy greed. You want more. You want more. You want more. And you keep wanting more. Amen. And you can't satisfy lust. You can't satisfy greed. Amen. Yeah. And so you just keep wanting more. Amen. But God will satisfy you. And then I remember, I remember it was just by, I I didn't try to stop it. I didn't try to, I didn't realize I was in sin, to tell you the truth, doing lottery tickets. But it just fell off me. I just had no more desire for it. Somebody say the power of God. I just got, I just stayed in the word of God. I just kept, and it wasn't like God said, you dummies, you know, stop doing this. No, God, it, it just fell off of me. It's it just I, I didn't have a desire for it anymore. And I'm telling you, there might be some things in your life that you may feel like you're being overcome by them. But you stay in the word of God. You allow that word to be planted in you, glory to God. And it will start to bear fruit in your life. And pretty, good, pretty soon, the kingdom of God will take preeminence in your lives. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? And pretty soon, you don't have to try to quit. You will automatically quit in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God is so good. You know, God called us to be gardeners. And i got to close this down, man. I'm not even finished with it. But God called us to be, you're, you are a gardener. You know, glory to God. Adam was a gardener. He was called to be the gardener in, in first creation. He was called to, 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 to take care of the Garden of Eden. Did you know that? It was his job to kick the snake out. You know that, right? It was his job to do that. But you know what? I heard somebody say, well, Adam wasn't around when the snake was talking to the girl. And that might be a possibility. You know, we, we always think that Adam was standing right there. No, maybe his, his, his wife, you know, you know, that devil was trying to get her deceived. And then once she was deceived, he didn't want to, leave, he didn't want, he didn't want to live without her. So he'd rather live in sin with her. Then with God. are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Uh, now, 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 you know, that's that maybe for another theological discussion. Amen. But I'm going to say this that A- Adam was the gardener of that. And, and I'm going to say this. In the New Testament, you know, when, when Mary Magdalene came to the, to the to the tomb, you know, and she saw two angels, one. You know, the, 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 the rock was rolled away. The tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there. She was crying because they took the body of Jesus. She thought somebody took the body of Jesus. And when she walked in there, there was two angels, one at the head and one at the feet. That really represents the Ark of the Covenant because there was two angels. But this is in reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because the Ark of the Covenant had two angels. Amen. It, it, it was the mercy, mercy seat. Of God, amen, and so and so she came in, and I, I would have thought you know that, you know she saw two angels, she would have figured out something, but she didn 't figure it out, she was still crying, and she saw and this man said, "Woman, why are you weeping?" And as soon as she looked at him, she thought he was the gardener. Think about that. Jesus is called the second Adam. See the first Adam messed up in the garden, but the second Adam prevailed in the garden of Gethsemane he prevailed when all pressure was on him in that garden of Gethsemane he prevailed and he pressed through in that garden he passed the test in that Jesus passed the test in the garden and so she perceived him to be the gardener why because he's the gardener of the new creation we're, you know, he's the first fruits, amen. We're, we're, listen, he's our gardener and he has nothing but good things to sow into each one of us. And, and, and the Bible says that we're the field, we're the garden of God. And as we allow the word of God to be sown into our field, I'm telling you, it's going to be like a garden of Eden in our lives. As we, God, Jesus has nothing but good to sow into your garden, amen. And he's sowed it through me to you today. Do you believe that today? And you guys are coming into a place... Where you're going to be in a place of nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom. You're coming into a place. Maybe you have some fear. and Maybe you have some things coming against you. But i am tell you, as you keep staying under the word of God and allow that word to be sown into your hearts, glory to God, you're going to come out mighty champions. For God, you're already called to be a champion. You just need to act like you're a champion. You just need to act like that in faith. And you will be the champion that God called you to be. Nothing can hinder you from, the, from being blessed in the kingdom of God. Did you receive it today? I believe you did. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. I declare these people are blessed and perhaps you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you don't don't like where you're at. Well, I'm I'm going to say this. All you need is Jesus to get into your boat. And I'm telling you, your boat will keep floating. Amen. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your your Lord and Savior. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. You don't want to go another day without Jesus being with you. So I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you're ready to receive Christ, say, Dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe, Jesus, you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I repent of sin, and I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.